0: Welcome to TV Talk, the podcast about television, over at theworkprint.com.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to The WordPrint's TV Talk episode 17. I'm your host Christian, and with me today are Chad. Hey, bud, And Sam. Hello. For today's episode, we'll be talking about The Boys, an Amazon Prime video series based on the acclaimed comics by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. All right, let's get started. Uh, So The Boys, uh, what were your guys' first impressions? Absolutely phenomenal. Yeah?
0: Uh, Trigger warning, it's not for everyone. If you enjoy violence, gore, almost nonsensical sexuality, and a really damn good storyline, then this is totally the TV show
2: for you. Jeez, man, what a show! <laughs> that show is so ridiculous. I watched the first episode and I just I sat there probably for like ten minutes, and been like, "What did I just watch?"
1: <laughs> it's amazing. It's
2: so good. It's so messed up, but it's so good.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, it was weird when I watched it. I couldn't help but compare it to Watchmen in the color schemes and this idea that like superheroes are kind of kind of the bad guys, and uh. I, I really dug it. I, I didn't know what to expect at first, honestly. Uh, I dug the first episode, but literally like nine minutes in, stuff happens and it's it's intense. It's definitely one of the most graphic uh, TV adaptations of a comic I think I've ever seen. It, it goes there to break all the censor bars. Imagine like a Justice League or a uh, Avengers type organization, and everyone's kind of fucking the comedian. Not fucking the comedian, but is the comedian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good distinction. Yeah,
0: it's great because it does subvert a lot of those normal tropes that you're used to when it comes to superheroes. They literally flip it. It's the inverse of that. So the superheroes are the bad guys. These are not pleasant people for the most part. Yeah, and you have this kind of ragtag group of um, hooligans, for lack you know of a better word, that get together and have to put those heroes in check.
2: Yeah, and it makes sense why you would get that Watchmen feel. Because I feel like in the current movie ecosystem that superheroes have just become this huge part of, it's predominantly just great superhero stories or positive superhero stories. And really, besides Watchmen, there hasn't been any that have taken these ideas and the myths of superheroes and kind of thrown it or challenged it, where the boys kind of come straight at it. There, It's kind of, in a way, a commentary of how we see superheroes nowadays. Because in the boys, a lot of these superheroes are monetized. They're all over the place. They're in mm-hmm. advertisements. They're advertisements. They're constantly just in your face. Absolutely. And I think that's what
1: contributes to the, the, the feeling and the world building of the show.
2: And not only does it necessarily focus
0: on the superhero themselves and what it means to be a superhero, kind of in this world, but it's also a huge anti-capitalism piece. Absolutely. You know, both in the TV show and in the comic books. So it really shows you what happens when corporations get, you know, control over superheroes. Yeah. And um, as you can imagine, it's really fucked up.
1: It is. And you can see it to the kind of allegories to Marvel, especially because Marvel itself has gotten so big. So you can kind of see how they play on the idea of corporatizing and monetizing the superhero brand and theme.
0: When you first watch it, you actually see that reel in the beginning of the different superheroes. Yeah. Just as Marvel would normally
2: do within their movies. Yeah. So it's very clever at that point. The boys were not afraid about taking shots. And I think the way they did it was just—it was—it was so in your face, but it was done well. It was executed so perfectly. Just the amount of—they would just take this moment where they'll just like they would sh- shake your foundation. They'd throw some fucked up thing in front of you and have to make you kind of sit with it for a bit. Yeah, and then they put it in context of the world, and you're thinking like, "Oh my god, what did I just watch? How's this, like how's this going to progress?" And then every time a new fucked up thing will happen, and it's done in a way where you kind of you understand, like, obviously, the first take of it, you're like, this makes sense. And then they'll like, take a character who did something really fucked up and then develop him, and then like, make you feel sympathetic for this person. So you're like, oh, that's really messed up. Oh, it sucks for him. But like, wait, no, he did this really fucked up thing like two episode, episodes ago. So the, the deep. The yeah. Deep. Yeah. So they really do a good job about kind of, Taking this world, throwing shit on it, and then like flipping it around. And then when you're used to it, throwing shit on it again. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And the comic books are very much like that too. Um, in fact, when I first started reading the comic books, I I thought it was just purely shock value for most of it, and then the story really starts to develop. Um, but they they do a great job in this you know show in this production by Amazon to kind of focus on the plot more so and add in a lot of those messed up scenes throughout the whole things to give you a little bit of shock value too. And it's not as nonsensical. Yeah, also. that makes sense. So th- they, there is a function to it.
1: They definitely ground it more, and um, mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, it's not that surprising given the people who made the uh, the, the comic books. Uh, Garth Ennis, who wrote Preacher, if uh, anyone who likes comics is listening to yeah. this. Um, it's a very, very, like, messed up and R-rated and just constantly, like, there's just a really messed up stuff there. And it's, it's a great comic, it's just, there, there's a lot of boundaries being broken, per se. And then uh, Happy, uh, which is a show on on sci-fi? Which uh, Derek Robertson actually de- illustrated for that comic is also one of those things that kind of just pushed the edge of like what you could allow on the panel, basically. So like it's weird because there there was a lot here that could have been censored and dumbed down, but they did a good job balancing it. And I think it's like just the right amount of like over the top, but uh, still uh, palatable. With a lot of great messages, also I feel,
0: you know, not just an anti-capitalist uh, message. But there's also a very like anti
2: toxic masculinity.
1: Oh, absolutely, um, and we'll we'll definitely get into that more in the the spoilers. That sections. exists yeah, within yeah. That, of course.
2: Yeah. I think something that is really important to point out is something that you mentioned earlier: how this is like a video series; it's like a web TV show. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, like you you just mentioned, how like some of these illustrations would push the 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 barriers of the panel and kind of push it to its brink. But it's like this is a kind of weird frontier of TV that's still being explored in a way. Absolutely, and Amazon is not one of those companies that's constantly doing like they've made things they've made things in the past man at the high castle a bunch of other different ones that they have original content but this is like one of their first ones where i feel like they really kind of just kind of went all out like i remember turning on the first episode and they give you those warnings in the beginning of what's in the episode and like the whole screen was just full of like seven different warning things like sex blood violence graphic language and that and they really kind of take this did you say bud blood. Oh, blood. I think you said blood. <laughs> no. I think there might be a scene where they actually... no. Actually, they I'll, use drugs, but it's not like yeah. your typical drugs. But we'll also get into that in this one. Yeah, so but I mean. it's the idea is like, they really kind of took it to like a different level. And I think Boyce is kind of the perfect... Um, it was a perfect property to kind of push the envelope with on Amazon's aspect. Yeah. Because I think it's probably the most grittiest or messed up thing they've ever made. And like, their big projects they're talking about as like, down the line, they're making that Lord of the Rings TV show yeah. and all that stuff. So this is, like, a very kind of weird property that, looking at its competitors down the line, Disney Plus is not going to be doing things like that. Oh, Hulu, can, maybe.
1: Yeah. Netflix will probably... Like, really do. We don't know what Apple's, Apple's going to do. So it's, like, it's cool but Apple is yeah. just going out of nowhere. It's like, hey, here's a bunch of stuff that's amazing. Eat it.
2: Yeah, that's so crazy. it's just... And the boys, I think... Uh, one thing I want to touch upon with this show, and it's something I've been saying for a while but every... I just, I just want to give m- as much love as I can to Carl, Carl Urban. Oh, oh yeah. Urban. yeah. He's a phenomenal actor, and whenever you forget about it, he always pops back up and shows you how talented that man is.
0: Absolutely, and he really does capture the essence of the comic book character, Bill the Butcher. In fact, when I was reading the comics, I was imagining a voice just like the voice that he utilized. Really? That, kind of like that heavy, like, Cogney British-like. So that's you know, part of the comics. This wasn't like a stylistic choice for the
1: show? Oh, no.
0: Oh, wow. I, mean, I mean, maybe. I don't think. He was British in the comic
1: books. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Um, but, you know, when I was reading it that way, I imagined Bill the Butcher kind of speaking that way, and yeah. he did such a great job.
1: To be honest, I had no idea. So to me, I was just like, oh, okay, I think Carl Orban's just doing something to differentiate himself from his, like, previous characters that he's done, because he's done so much at this point. So, like, I thought it was just a, an attempt by him to just stand out, but knowing that it's part of the story itself. Exactly. Can he
0: get an honorary Oscar?
1: He's I feel so, like he should be. We normative. have the power. He's to do so it, right?
2: underrated. It's crazy. Dude, he's been in so many great. Things. I know. I like. I'm listen. I'm a huge Lord of Rings fanatic. I'm yeah. obsessed with it. And him as Eomer. Like he's boss. And he every time I see him in a show or like a movie, he always does a phenomenal job. So when I saw he was in the boys, it just like elevated the whole show for me. He's
1: yeah. just so good. He's Judge Dredd. He was yeah. uh, Bones from Star Trek. Yeah, he's, uh, he's phenomenal. Just done so yeah, so many great so things. So good. Man. Very talented. Yeah. Very versatile.
0: Yeah. And you can even see that with the other actors also involved in the show, too. Um, like Tomer, the guy who played
2: uh, the Frenchie, was just absolutely fantastic. He was pretty good,
1: too, yeah. I guess so like, fantastic. the cast all around. It's just phenomenal.
2: Yeah, it was a very well-done cast. Like, yeah. the casting director really hit the nail on the head with everyone.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. All right, guys. So we're about approaching the 10-minute mark. Uh, we talked... Pretty much as much as we can to pitch the series to you without giving spoilers. Uh, from here on out, the rest of this podcast will be filled with spoilers. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely check out The Boys. It's definitely worth the watch. Uh, if anything, just because it's very out there, it does stuff that you could never imagine. Um, Amazon Prime did another TV show called Tick, which was also trying to push the boundaries of the superheroes, but this takes it to a whole like R-rated other like level. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, so from here on out, we're going to be talking the show, filled with spoilers for the entire season. Um, all three of us have watched all eight episodes, and we thought it was great. Um Yeah, so I guess let's just get started. Uh, spoilers! 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 Damn, dude, that show is fucked up. <laughs> it was really fucked up. I was, I, I was hoping somebody
0: started with that. It was super fucked. They, up. Re- yeah, we can dumped we, it we just down? start anywhere at the show. Yeah, at this point, when we're, we're just gonna jump around. When he kills Madeline in the end, is it Madeline? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, doing Holy doing good. fuck! Yeah, dude, yeah, dude.
1: That yeah, threw me off. It threw me off too. But yeah, the, the, my favorite part about that scene wasn't him killing Madeline. It was Billy. I was just like, oh, okay, so you did your thing. What are you going to do? Fuck it. And he blows up the house. Here's the thing. I don't know if you guys were paying attention, or not you guys in particular, but the audience. The baby's still there. Yeah. He murdered the goddamn baby. Yeah, Homelander is an evil fuck. Oh, that was Billy. Billy. Billy.
0: Billy's the one who put the bomb. Billy's the one
1: who set the bomb off. They're both both people. Homelander
0: is also evil because he didn't try to save the baby. either.
1: That's true, too. That's
0: actually
2: kind of the beauty of Billy and Homelander, though. It's like, even though he, even though Billy fucking Hates Homelander he and does. Homelander doesn't like him too. They like they both just like the literally the dividing line. And I think it's one of the beautiful thing about the storytelling of the show of the show is that the thing that really divides Billy from Homelander because all Billy does so much fucked up shit in the show. Yeah, really the really thing that divides him is that moral ground of you took my wife away or you fucked up my wife. Yeah, I lost someone. And this is the fuel for me to hate everyone. But like in that moment, it's like it's so fucked up. It's like they're they're both just equally terrible, evil people. And then when the reveal happens at the end, it's like that one line you were holding yourself to that made you the good guy is now gone. The Man. motives are also very different, too. Billy is acting out of desperation.
1: That's He has true. literally
2: lost
0: everything the whole time. Yeah. Where Homelander, on the other end, realizes that he's essentially a god. I
1: mean, And can do yeah.
0: whatever he wants with him.
1: Then. And we fucking hate Homelander, because they sell it like really well in the first episode. Even you were like, you know, I bet you that guy is, uh, fucking, like, the worst of them all, and you're right, some, like, eventually, as we yeah. get into it, you're just like, oh my god, you just see the fucked up shit. Homelander is, like, legit a psychopath. He's like the Joker if he had, like, Superman's powers. Well, maybe not to that level, because he's not funny, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the very, very over the top.
0: Yeah, he's uh, essentially an evil Superman.
1: Yeah, hands
2: down. It's just crazy, man. Just the, the amount of, I remember when I started watching, Christian gave me the, yeah. um, the piece of advice, he's like, don't look at your phone too much. Like, pay attention because you'll miss things. And I'm sitting there, like, talking and I'm like, I'm watching the first episode. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then when A-Train runs through that girl, I was just like, holy shit. And the great thing about the the storytelling and the filmmaking of the show is that when that happens, even though it happens in an instant, it's a split second, they sit in that moment. They do. You just sit in it and you just have to, they give you the time to pro. Like, it's not enough time because you're like, "Holy shit, what the fuck just happened?" But they give you enough time to process, like, what just happened right now?
1: They slow motion it, and the blood, guts, and viscera as we pan the camera around. You just see more and more of the leftover of her remains, and it's just like, what? Oh my God. I, they do a great job, because, like, I think when I watched that scene for the first time, I was, uh, I was watching it, because I'm like, alright, it's the boys. Alright, we're going into, like, a lovey-dovey background story moment thing, so I went to go check my phone, and all of a sudden I look back, and I'm like, what, why is there blood spatter on the screw Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that girl is completely, like, just goop. She went from physically there to nothing but blood and guts, and just completely dead. Uh, which gets us started with the story, I guess, because yeah. A-Train essentially gives, um... Uh, what's the main character name? Uh, in? Huey, Huey. 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 <laughs> he gives Huey the motivation to uh, to pretty much go on this journey with Billy.
0: Yeah, and it's it's very much similar to the comic books in that yeah. regard. Um, as you know that in the comics, uh, we Huey, or Huey, is based off of Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. who also plays the father of Huey in the TV show. I did not know that.
1: Which is really cool. You didn't realize that was Simon Pegg? No no, I knew that was Simon Pegg, but I didn't realise that that was like they were basing it. Oh on yeah, the- yeah, 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 he
0: totally looks like uh Simon Pegg. Yeah. They're yeah. big fans of his, so they drew him in there as the main character it was great. Oh that's awesome. And, and he's also uh you know, he's Scottish, um so not English, or I'm sorry, American, as yeah, they yeah, have him in the T V show and yeah. stuff. And he's with his girlfriend Robin in a fair and that's when a train kinda goes through her at the same time too. And they kept it they kept that scene where he's holding her hands. Oh wow, that was in the comic. That was in the oh comics God, too. God, that's pretty that super, super fucked up. Yeah. Just a
2: side note: Simon Pegg does a phenomenal job in the show. I mean, like every actor does a good job in the show. There's no weak points in it. But not only does Simon Pegg hit the emotional beats and plays that really innocent, sweet dad, but he hides his accent almost like fully, flawless. He slipped, yeah. Slipped out of it
0: once. Did There it?
2: was one scene where he slipped out of it just
0: for like very slightly for a moment. Is like when he was getting into the argument with uh, Wee Ui.
2: Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I've noticed that with a lot of actors that when they start screaming, it's tougher to keep an accent on your scream. Oh, absolutely. Which makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it was great. It was just... Uh, it was so it warm like, my heart to see
1: him in the show, because I just love Simon Pegg. I okay. love you, Simon Pegg. We do. Pegg. I, I've read your biography. You're one of my heroes. I, I love where he just wants to sit on the couch and watch... Uh, Mac- well, not Magnum P.I., I watch... Uh, what was that show? Oh, um, it's it's the Pierce Brosnan show, *Ravengton Steel*. Steel. Steel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, hey, why don't we just sit down and watch him just Steel*? I'm like, of course you would. You would just want to chill on the couch. While the zombie apocalypse, oh, I'm sorry, the hero whatever is happening. The, the English uh, <laughs> pop
0: culture references were absolutely hysterical. Really, and thing, yeah, like when they, they're talking about the Spice Girls.
1: Oh, like, that how? was one of my funniest. That was I
0: literally I had to tweet that immediately. I'm yeah, like, how do you know
1: so much about the Spice Girls? Yeah, what you find out because his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, which is really it's <laughs> hilarious because it's like why why is he going into these like pop, the Spice Girl references? Yeah, yeah and, and also Remington Steele,
0: of then. course, even <laughs> though that's an American production, but Pierce Brosnan, yeah, yeah, yeah. playing the the lead and stuff. <laughs> um, it was great. They do a really good job in balancing comedy, really fucked up scenes and dramatic <laughs> moments throughout the entire show.
1: Absolutely. And it, it makes you second can guess. It's like, is it worth it to be that much in the spotlight, especially with Starlight's journey? Because it's like, oh, okay, you're you're this hero. You're doing these things because it's your dream, but like deep down inside, it's not always what it have, what it's cut out to be, basically. Yeah, like
2: right? an algorithm of like getting into the film industry or like any kind of fam- fame. Yeah,
1: it was very d- Me Too-y, you know yeah. like i of course this is a spoiler section so we can talk about it that that first episode with starlight you see her kind of debuting and and uh what's the, what's the word auditioning for a role in the 7 and it it tells us who she is and you you see it and she's happy and she gets it and it's a big deal and it's a big deal because like the 7 are the best superheroes of this world right they're like the justice league yeah but Soon after, she's with the Deep, basically, who's, like, this ripoff of Aquaman, and they're hitting it off and kind of friendly and stuff. They go to this, this they ceremony together, and then afterwards, he shows her the, the tower or whatever, uh, and then immediately after, like, he he's just, like... Drops his pants. Yeah, and he whips it out, and yeah. he kind of... It's fucked up. He coerces her to... He rapes her. Yeah. He flat out her rapes her. her. Yeah, yeah. And
0: her, her line kind of becomes focused on that. Yeah, kind of incidents throughout the whole thing. Yeah, where, and it culminates to the point where she addresses that Christian uh, group that's that's surrounded against. That's that was his, his name. Ezekiel, yeah. the superhero. Ezekiel, the gay
1: yeah. superhero who is like for Christ. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Kind of like that crusader for Christ type. Of guy yeah. yeah, and stuff. And she has this very like impassioned speech, kind of talking about you know um, what happened to her, and like in a way, I guess addressing rape culture and stuff. Yeah, like, no, definitely. You know, and also the response to that. Was super fucked up too, with vote or vote rather, kind of just moving the deep to Sandusky in
1: Ohio. Yeah, well, and instead
0: of you know taking law against him
1: or yeah, well, I mean he was one of the seven, and they already felt like they were short one because of uh, the what's his name, the invisible one, translucent, translucent being missing. Yeah, Yeah. so they didn't want to take any more hits to the seven. But yeah, yeah, it, it was fucked up. But, I mean, it, it talks about... It basically embraces the whole corporatization and how sometimes you just move pieces around as compared to doing the right thing. Yeah, and you, yeah. you obviously
0: have real-life parallels to that, right? The Catholic Church and the rapists that they moved around yeah, absolutely. and stuff. So they really do address that in the show, I think, in a very tasteful way, yeah. considering the amount of gore, violence, and, and kind of sometimes hardcore sex scenes that you see.
1: Well, it, it's, like um, it's part of her journey, and it's a struggle because she this happens to her and she tries to own up to like, embrace it. She even comes out saying, you know, this fucked up thing happened to me. Uh, they just, she doesn't give specific details, but it comes out, basically, at some point. But even then, they try to profit off that, too. They try to use it as, like, a, a way for uh, the company to leverage Starlight's popularity and make her more, you know, famous. Just kind of makes make you question knowledge. certain celebs. Or not necessarily
0: certain celebs, but oh no, absolutely certain motives. Right? Yeah. Because exactly. yeah. at the end of the day, like everyone's motivated.
1: motives are kind of shitty. But bringing it back to the deep, how do you guys feel about his storyline? Because he starts out as this awful kind of rapist dude, but then the rest of the season, and I think Eric uh, Kripke, he's a showrunner who who made this series, actually uh, said it in the uh, Reddit Ask Me Anything. Um, they kind of just shit on him for the rest of the season. Yeah, well-deserved like, and not enough. yeah. Well, that's what the thing was. It was like, yeah, he did this fucked up thing, so we just wanted to torture him as much as we can. Do you think that was enough? Like, do you, th- do you think that was, like, justified, or uh, what are your thoughts on it, I guess? I didn't feel any sympathy towards him. Yeah? At all.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was kind of a jerk throughout the whole thing, even. Yeah. You know, and he was just waiting for his return. There was no redemption
1: for him, basically. Not at all.
0: Yeah. You know, even when he was in therapy, it was just very, like, terrible self-actualizing on his end. Absolutely. You know, um, he didn't mention the rape at all to the therapist. He just kind of talked about how other people were shitting on him. Yeah. It's similar to uh, what you brought up about BoJack Horseman. Um, what was that line that um, Todd oh, said? Um,
2: I'm going to butcher the line, but essentially what it is is that you can't just keep doing terrible things and saying sorry. You have to, either, you have to be a better person.
0: Yeah, and that's the key with him, too, right? He gives an apology video, the deep gives an
2: apology video
0: within the um, the show, and it's terrible, yeah, right? You see right. multiple cuts of it, and there's no sincerity at all. Yeah. Not one bit, yeah. and it's just definitely half-assed, like most of these you know terrible celebrities that we're finding out, kind of pseudo-apologizing for their terrible actions. And um, even when he's in Ohio, right? It's, it's just he's wanting to get out. Yeah, he wants to just get back to the stuff. He's society. trying to figure out how to fix his image the entire time. Yeah. So this guy, and none of these superheroes, aside from Starlight, really show kind of any remorse.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about of, that like, pilot is... Atrophy. Yeah, the, the pilot, they very much show that these guys are all awful people. I think there was, there was probably two moments... Like, so the Deep was a terrible
2: person, and he, I guess, he does deserve all the shitting on... There was two moments, though, where I felt a little bit of sympathy for him... And I think they did it on purpose to kind of, like, at least have it, like, have the audience be with him for a second. The first time is when he tried uh, uh, freeing the dolphin. That's oh, kind of that amazing. was so <laughs> funny. That's it the was... weird part, is we laughing about this rapist, but, like, yeah, I, yeah, I understand. It's yeah. funny, but it's, like, at the same time, it's just, like, he actually tried to do something good, and this poor dolphin was, like... He probably felt wor- he felt worse about the dolphin being killed than he felt about everything else he did.
1: He did, but yeah. the dolphin was also... Like, this is the weird thing about it. The dolphin was kind of also being creepy with him, too. Yeah, the dolphin wanted to have sex with him. Yeah, yeah. It wanted him to finger its blowhole. Yeah, some <laughs> weird stuff. And then um, and he's and- like, fine! And then, then he crashes yeah. the car and
2: horribly dies. Uh, and then there was that scene that... Um, flies out the window and gets run over by another yes.
1: car. And There's a lot of scenes with the Deep like that. And it's yeah. weird, because again, you start so fucked up, and then the rest of it is just Looney Tune-esque shitting on him. Yeah.
2: And also the other scene was when he was hooking up with the girl, and the girl kind of forces himself... Uh, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, because yeah. of what happened. But that was, it was gross. It was really gross, and it's like... it was That was his kind of... I feel like that was his kind of comeuppance. I mean, was, I, be, was her kind of forcing herself on him to the point where she was clearly invading his body, as the same way he did to Starlight. She he her. also tried yeah. to control the the situation too. If you notice, he didn't want to take off his suit. Well, that's because yeah. that's because he feels guilt. He feels bad about his his guilt. And he did anyway because
1: he wanted to get laid because he was born in Ohio. Yeah. Which again, that's also season funny S.
2: thing which I kind of put two, and two together. Sandusky, Ohio. There is that football coach from Penn State. His name was Jerry Sandusky. He's, He's a child r- yeah.
1: Oh, wow. I wonder if the, they, they had to have done that on purpose. Probably.
2: Yeah, I wonder if it's in the conflicts like that. But also, so. something to kind of go back to the point you said, you said that no one in the Seven feels remorse. I think that there is someone who feels remorse in the oh, Seven. Oh, yes. yes. Queen Maeve. Uh, Queen Maeve. Maeve. Maeve, yeah. Maeve. yeah. She definitely is someone who is like, she's dealt, she's, you can tell that the time in the Seven is really kind of like, made her jaded, but then she kind of comes back towards the end when she realizes... Prior that. to getting into Maeve, though, you forgot a third scene when he's trying to... when the Deep is trying to save the
0: lobster. That oh, was funny. That was a heartbreaking one. Yeah. It yeah, was fucking hysterical. He's oh. like, it's okay, buddy, I'll get you.
1: It's exactly what you think, guys. It's like... Yeah. Oh, you and also, it? I yeah. do
0: think that there was still an intent there of, like, uh, maybe not necessarily self-actualizing, but uh, of being selfish within those kind acts that he was trying to do uh, of saving the dolphin and saving the lobster. Yeah. Because he didn't really think through the entire process of that. No, but I he mean, it was for It was comedic. It, it well, was done for comedic effect, but still, that, he didn't. Really that can like be
2: attributed him. to the fact that within the seven, he wasn't the one leading the way. He was kind of just used to play his strength. So him trying to be super, him trying to be a hero on his own terms, he realizes how bad he is at it. Yeah, but like, I mean, there pro- definitely some selfish aspect to it. But I feel like those moments, especially with the animals or the sea creatures, I feel like those are genuine moments on his part of him actually trying to do something good. Instead of just like cleaning up garbage on the, the the beach or whatever it is, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: it was interesting. It was um the cast of the seventh is very is a very interesting yeah. group of people.
1: Oh we can get it. Well, let's just hit let's hit the the cast, why not? Um so what were your guys' thoughts on uh who is it? Um I wanna hold Mave off for a little bit. Uh A train, why not?
0: So cool. I think um What's his name? Uh, Jesse Usher did such a great job playing him. Yeah, you know, uh, definitely he's an arrogant character, right? Yep. I thought it was hysterical that he had a foot fetish.
1: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because he's a runner, yeah. right? He's kind, of, he's he has the powers of the Flash, but he looks like Falcon, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, he's just, uh, you know, I kind of felt bad for him a little bit too because,
1: but he murdered somebody and didn't he give did. a fuck.
2: He murdered his girlfriend. He yeah. did give a fuck. At the well, he murdered end. multiple people. He, he gave a fuck at the people, end because right. his multiple own girlfriend got killed. He killed his own girlfriend.
1: Yeah. But I'm talking about yeah. um, uh, Huey's girlfriend at the beginning. Yeah. He, he didn't did really
0: feel any remorse for yeah. that at all. Because he was totally fucked weird. up
1: on Compound V, which is,
0: by the way, we should talk about at some point. Yeah. Um, but I-, I thought he did such a great job within it. You know? Um, and he's just someone I felt who was losing his identity. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. You know? Which is something that uh, Maeve definitely did. Yeah. And um, that Annie or Starlight was trying to prevent from happening too. And I think he's like one of those people who had just gotten to that point where he realized he had lost his identity at the end of the day. Yeah. And that there was no coming back to that. Which I thought was a little sad. But
2: Yeah, if you tie in the whole aspect of like fame and like the fame of superheroes kind of thing, he definitely represents that type of person whose identity was tied to his fame. Yeah. You know, who was just that because he was the fastest man alive, he had to do everything to protect it. Yeah. And that's what kind of ate at him. And it's like, he A-Train is this... And I think it's funny because there's one scene where he goes to the children's hospital because translucent is, is gone and yeah. he has like, to fill in. And like the kid's like, I want translucent beer. And Adrian's just like, ah! And she's like, never send him anywhere without a script. This idea is like, he's probably the biggest prop out of yeah. everyone. He he's is, like yeah. the
0: one that's used the most. He
2: is the biggest prop. So the fact fact is, unless he is the prop, he has no, like, there's nothing to him yeah, and that's why like, lo- the whole thing with losing his girlfriend and her- eventually him killing her and all that stuff, um, and almost just... losing,
0: uh, pretty much losing the relationship
2: with his brother, who's this trainer.
1: Yeah, fully too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. You know? He, he gets his comeuppance in the end. Definitely, uh, it's just weird though because his relationship with his girlfriend was a tricky one. I felt like he really didn't give a shit about her, even though he he tried to pretend like he did. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Is it he felt? I felt like he felt remorse.
0: When he was confronting Huey and Huey uh, was saying, like, I didn't kill your girlfriend he's like, I know. Like I did. And then he's he took a second and he was like, But it was because of you. You know, I feel like that there was still a little bit of humanity left within him.
2: Yeah. There was but a- he was kind of trying to force that out. I think in the beginning he probably cared about her. When we came in it was probably a midway point where he she became more of just a of like a, a part of his life. Than actually like someone he cared about, and then when he lost her, he realized the importance of it. Like I said she probably is one of the small, full factors keeping him to his humanity. Yeah, her, and then the relationship of his brother. He was also afraid
0: heavily of um, Homelander. Yeah, everyone's afraid of Homelander. Everyone's so afraid that. of Homelander because he could literally
1: destroy the world if he wanted to. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, what about all right? So since we're talking about his girlfriend, Popclaw. Uh, what, what did you think about her story with the the drug addiction Ooh, and whatnot, saying. and the the the, fa- the fatal cunniling- or analingus, the, <laughs> the fatal
0: analingus. <laughs> Poor Alexi, we have Ooh. a moment of silence <laughs> for or R-I-P Alexi. A
2: moment of
1: silence. <laughs> yeah. but what a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you get, get to die dog. eating a f- superhero's asshole. Out. It was just that was just,
2: it was such a strange storyline. I mean. It, it was, I think it worked great because it just seemed like it came out of nowhere in this yeah. story, but also within the world that we were, we were submersed in, it made sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I
2: like the fact that she was less of a crime fighter and more of like a movie star.
1: Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. Cause it
2: kind of gave like another aspect to how these superheroes girls being used. Cause it's like Vot Va- was it Vought? Va- Va- the, the company, what's it called? Vought? Vought? Yeah. Vought. Vought. Yeah. They had like their people doing the things, but then she was someone who's like, I'm not, she's like, I'm not doing crime fighting. I'm doing, like, I'm becoming a movie star in
1: a way. Yeah, yeah. And she was in that one, I think, movie series with, uh, with uh, what's his name, Billy Zane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually she had Billy really Zane there. There was a lot of cameos. Billy Zane dude, was there. Uh, I just say, I love Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment was the best. That mesmer. That was fucking hysterical. That was dude. so funny. He's
0: such a good actor. I want to see more of Haley Joel so Osment. So good. I think he should be the next James Bond, as is with his gut. Really? Oh After the lady, they should use. They should God use him.
1: The Mesmer storyline was so messed up. Oh. <laughs> it was, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know what? I can see it. He's a swashed up author. Why not? Yeah, I feel like
2: I feel like a lot of I feel like everyone, except for, I mean, even Homelander in some ways, as much as he's a terrible person, everyone has that one aspect about them that you can be like. Shit, I feel you, you know? And the reason, yeah.
0: I think, because of that, and this is a point we should definitely discuss, is because they were forced into being superheroes. They didn't have the option to choose these powers. As you guys recall, you know, you find out that Compound V is given to all these superheroes when they're babies. Yeah. Right? yeah. So they become superheroes,
1: so they but become they don't. So they become the
0: superheroes. And they tell them that, you know, they were either gifted by God yeah. or were born with it naturally or whatever. But they're essentially forced into this lifestyle without having... They're kind of
1: mutants in that sense.
0: Uh, like X-Men Mutants. X-Men Mutants, yeah. But yeah. X-Men Mutants weren't given the powers when they were younger. They oh, right. X-Men Mutants we were, were just, actually yeah. born with... It. They thought they, they were... were inject- you remember the scene yeah. When they yeah, go yeah. to the hospital and you see yeah. the
2: baby yeah. just being injected with mm-hmm. the, the serum, yeah. the compound V? Yeah, 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 I mean, they, they grow up with their powers. They don't have the choice of not having the powers, but how they act afterwards is like some people go into the, the spotlight, the fame um, of it, and that's where they yeah. end up losing their moral compass or yeah. their you know desire to do any good... Like. God.
1: You know what, I forgot, now that we're, since we're talking about these, there's only one of the seven who really, I don't think you could blame for anything. Well, besides Starlight, because Starlight is just awesome. Um, and that's, uh, what is it, Black Noir? Yes. He kind of just does his job. He's not evil, he's not good. I mean, he fucks up that, um... He does, but he was told to, he was, done, he was just following orders. Like, he, he's not, he doesn't have a characteristic thing that makes him, like, cringeworthy. He's kind of just a parody of Batman, but he doesn't say anything. And he's constantly eating with his mask on, which, if you guys saw, like he's constantly just drinking out of like straws and stuff, or trying to eat, but like never taking the mask off. He's just there. He's just a menacing presence. I love when he plays the piano, and he's just wildly (laughs) talented pianist. Yeah, I think it's the fact that like with
2: him is even though there's no like characterization of who he is as like a as a person, he still is like fine with being in his place and doing those things, which is where his fucked upness comes from. Yeah, yeah, you know. um... Yeah, the only person on, on The Seven, besides Starlight, is uh, Queen Maeve. That's the yeah, only let's man. talk about her
1: next. Yeah, let's yeah. talk
2: about her actually. And um, that's really interesting, because, uh, well, the assumption is that she's bisexual. I guess. Because she dated Homelander for a while.
1: Yeah. But that's also sketchy, because you don't yeah. know with Homelander, yeah, he's the kind of true. guy who, if he wants something, including people, that's it. You yeah. can't do anything. He's Superman, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So, so we don't know if that was like coercion, but it seemed like there was consensual. I don't know.
0: I'm curious if because uh, you find out in the show she had a former relationship with another lady. Yeah, yeah. And I'm curious if uh, Homelander had anything to do with that, because she disappears from this lady's life right as she's like joining the Seven. I think. I think so. And uh, you know, she comes back to her former girlfriend. Yeah. In yeah. this kind of time of need, and then yeah. wants to separate herself away from it. Yeah, gets really upset when her ex girlfriend comes to visit her while she's filming a reality TV show, or yeah. kind of like a promotion rather mm-hmm. for The Seven, and uh, she gets upset when the crew is like filming their discussion with them too, which could also imply, or the way I read into it at least, is that Homelander now sees that this is a person. This can be a uh, you know a risk
1: in a way, right? Definitely, yeah. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's why she had to end the relationship per se. Maybe it's it's a little strange. I kind of wish she spent more time, honestly, with uh, Queen I, Maeve. I, I think mean, they will we're... in season two because it's already confirmed that there there is not only a season two, but they're already like planning to shoot and everything. Excellent, was, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and for those listening, Aya Cash has been confirmed in the cast. I believe she's playing a superhero of some sort. So there That's you go, fun. Aya Cash fans like myself. Love, you the worst. Yeah, because they said that there was what over two hundred different superheroes around the U.S. Yeah, so there's a bunch that they can play off of. The seven are just the main seven, but there's so many branches of that corporation. So yeah. Um, but, Ma- but going back to Maeve, um, I like that she used to be good. But like, yeah. like they, she she goes into this like almost mentor figure with Starlight. And, which, is, which is awesome because Starlight used to look up to her when she was a little little girl. And, you know, may have used to be doing this for the right thing. She was Starlight at some point exactly. a long time ago. But, you know, having to do things for the company, having to do things for fucking Homelander, that douchebag, um, she kind of just sold parts of her soul, as she said, over time. And she's become kind of this like Cersei esque alcoholic because she's always drinking too in the background. So you just, it's subtle, but it's there in the scenes. Um, And you can see that she just doesn't care anymore. But I think the breaking point in the show is this really epic scene on the airplane, which I really want to talk about right now. That scene was so tough to watch. Yeah, that was episode four, I believe.
2: That's probably the toughest scene, I think. I know, like, but for me, that was probably the toughest scene for me to watch in the whole show because just, and I think the writers did a phenomenal job with setting up that scene. Yeah. Because there's so much on the line. There's so much, like, there's, there's things on the line for the company. There's things on line for the heroes. And then there's the people whose lives are on the line as well. And just seeing them... They gave these people who are in this terrible situation... This ray of hope. And this, yeah. life, and this life raft. Or you know what it is. And then taking it away the last second. Not only just taking it away... But also like beating them down while taking it away. Yeah, It was so painful. And the actors did a phenomenal job. And uh, the actress who plays Queen Wave, She did a beautiful job... Conveying the struggle... And the type of um, terrible situation she was in. And
1: like it's great. Dominique
0: got, mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: it was just, oh, it was so heartbreaking. It, it was, was heartbreaking to watch that she, scene.
1: She tried so hard to save the day. Because her and Homelander get called in because they're the only two that can fly, really, in short, a short amount of time. She can't fly. she, oh, can't, she fly. can't? Yeah. Nope. Oh, so she so he he needs a hang He wants
0: she, her as her partner the whole time. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. She can't That's fly. Right. Like if it was a train, maybe no, nah, could, there's no way can't he can't fly. But he can use his speed to kind of like run through it. But yeah, it's um that scene was super fucked up. And uh, the one thing that really got to me was how Homelander was quantifying the whole situation. Yeah, it was this complete lack of empathy, um, yeah. you know, towards the people. And he's just making these calculations. He's like, "Wow, you want me to move here 126 times to save like everyone? I can't do that."
1: The fucked up thing is he's not entirely wrong too.
0: Like he could have saved. But that's the thing, even saving a part, or like most of them, is still, I would think, morally better than not saving any at all and just kind of giving up the hope on it.
1: And it it fucks with the trope, because the trope is Superman flies to save the day and stops the plane from crashing, and Homelander's like, no, realistically, this wouldn't really happen, and you feel bad about it. Especially because, honestly, the only reason they're there is for corporate interest. Like, that plane would have, he probably would have tried if they still stayed on the border. Once they crossed that border onto international boundaries and it was no longer, like, kosher for them to save them, Homelander lost all interest. And Maeve was like, no, let's at least save the fucking children. No. Also, no. they caused the problem. Yeah. I mean, the problem was there was Yeah, the he jackets.
2: shot through the uh, door with his laser eyes and it fucked up the controls. Yeah. yeah. They, they started that, that you know, they made the problem way worse where they couldn't be saved. So it's like, yeah. them not interfering could have peop- gave, possibly gave these people a situation or got a, a chance of, you know, Living, but, jeez man, just seeing the um, the little girl with her mother, and then they play off it beautifully when they're doing the funeral scene, like the tribute scene. Yeah, and, Ma- and uh, Queen Maeve sees the pictures and she can't, literally, just can't handle. And has to roll just away from there. it.
1: Yeah, because she feels guilty as fuck. Because she she did try to save some people. Yeah, but... he takes such advantage of that tragedy, oh too, right? And he does a great job. of At the off. risk of sounding like a conspiracy theorist,
0: but I think we could find parallels like that within modern political history, right? Of, yeah, you know, politicians using kind of tragedies to uh, to kind of further uh, an agenda, a warlike agenda, and, and that's how yeah. Homelander becomes, right? He gives this like huge impassioned speech about how if we were in the military, we could have had these orders and came out to done yeah. this like really quick. Or, yeah.
2: Homelander is like a sociopath, like Ken doll. It's just like, yeah. he looks, he kind of looks like a Ken doll. He's like very like traditionally handsome, fits this kind of poster boy image, which is kind of a playoff of like Captain America, how he looks like this kind of poster yeah. boy. And it's just that because he just has like no emotion and no like moral compass, he's able just to be a straight up corporate puppet. And it's just like it's sad. It's really, it's really messed up. Yeah.
1: Let's finish off the seven with Homelander because we're going to skip over Translucent because he's more there just to be a pervert and an <laughs> object like a of... He's man. And, uh, he's probably the person I felt
2: really the less, the less empathy for. I, I think know, nobody gave a fuck about I didn't about. feel any empathy for, uh, for Translucent.
1: He was kind of just there to be the first hurdle among the, like, the dream, yeah. basically. And he's got invulnerable skin and he's invisible and he's a perv by watching people go to the bathroom that's kind of it that's like all they literally did to build him up and like he's also America's sweetheart I guess but a lot of them are yeah, considered that yeah on uh,
0: what was it Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon
1: show yeah uh, but that, that's all we're gonna say about translation because he's, he's, that's really it he's just there to serve that purpose um, but Homelander Homelander Jesus. fuck that guy you can probably
2: write an essay on Homelander I could probably do a separate podcast about just the different dimensions and terrible things he yeah, has a ton Homelander. of Freudian issues Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. His
1: weird uh-huh. obsession with breast milk and his relationship yeah. with uh Homelander grew up he was a, he's like the he, he was, was like the huge uh,
0: character, Madeline.
1: Yeah. Madeline yeah. Stillmer Stiller. I mm-hmm. want to say
0: Albright, but I don't know if that's Melburger. Right. Oh no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a former a former Secretary of State.
2: No, but Homelander is and it's actually kind of fascinating because when you find out about his history and his origins, how he was essentially Stillwell. just Stillwell. Still well, thank he you. He essentially was like a test tube baby.
1: Yeah, of if, all the of all yeah. the ones, he was the one you feel the most remorse for because he legitimately had no choice. He was like the first of like all the experiments. Yeah. yeah.
2: Growing up in this kind of like prison with a yeah. blanket. Which is fun which was great when they did the real reel because when they put the blanket on the bed, yeah. he's like, Oh, this fucking blanket And I was just like, What what's going on with this blanket? And then he showed, I was like, That's so messed up. Yeah. And also he's he's like we said before, when he was calculating the risks and everything like that. He's clever. He is. Yeah. He's so, so clever. From the finding out that um, Madeline and the doctor were lying to him, figuring out what the situation was, setting up the soup terrace. There's every aspect about him that he organized. Like, he's the mastermind. He's literally the evil mastermind between everything. Yeah, And we, we, like, we think he's just, like, a puppet in, like, the hand of it, but, like, he really is just a messed up, messed up,
1: maniacal individual.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, Stilwell uses that to her
1: advantage. Yeah. I mean, they both used each other, which is why their relationship was very fascinating this whole season. Like, they they were just trying to manipulate things behind the scenes using each other for their own, like, ends. But at the end of the day, it's Homelander. It's so hard to fuck with that guy. Yeah, it is.
2: And they kind of make that mention throughout the TV show because Billy the Butcher is just, like, so about getting rid of Homelander and the person's like, the 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 FBI agent or the CIA agent? I'm forget which one. Was. FBI,
0: FBI. So in the comic yeah. books, they're supposed to be the boys are supposed to be a CIA black ops team that was put together um by what's her name, Mallory.
2: Um, yeah. In order to to take down the boys, which they right? alluded to in the show when he's like, "I'm CIA. I'm not exactly CIA." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But
0: then, uh, you know, they go to the feds, the FBI at this point in order yeah. to do that. And, of course, the FBI caves to Congress,
1: right?
2: And the FBI, no, the FBI is like, we can do everything except get rid of Homelander. And then the moment the soup terrorist comes in, that's when they have to kind of cave. Which was yeah.
1: set up by fucking Homelander. That's why
2: it's such a... You, you go from, like, him being like, all right, he seems like this great guy, suspicious as hell, poster boy, doing stuff. And then you realize, damn, he set the whole fucking thing up. He's a
1: psychopath. He is. Ooh, That's why I made the it, comparison and to and Joker, because I'm like, oh shit, he's really, he really. Is, he's but exactly again, Joker's right. my chaotic. Um, yeah, all right. Uh you want to talk about the boys really quick? Because I feel like we've talked all about the Seven, we forgot about the boys. Themselves. The boys themselves,
0: they're phenomenal, man. Yeah, I think they're really um, close to the comic books a lot. You yeah? Know, they kind of homo- homage the comic books a little bit. So as I said, they're like funded by the CIA in the comic books. Yeah where in the show it takes place like post of cia funding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the personalities are, are pretty much set on point, even though they don't aesthetically always look like the comic books and for yeah. all those purists out there, so you can go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> but it really does capture yeah, the You essence. have to adapt it,
1: because it's TV. There's TV. always a middle ground. And There's never a, middle is ground. a one-to-one ratio. And,
0: but they capture the spirit of the whole comic books and all of the characters themselves really, really well. Yeah. Like
1: um, Mother's Milk. I want to talk it's about Mother's so Milk, good. mostly because that's a brilliant name. <laughs> He's
0: excellent. He's excellent uh, in the uh, Laz plays him. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but in the comic books, he gets his superpowers from his Mother's Milk. Oh! Which I that thought is was funny. really
2: interesting. They don't He's quite... a powered individual? I think. Okay, so they're, here's so the thing. So they're all
0: powered in, in, the comic. in the comics. Yeah. They inject uh, themselves with Compound V. Yeah. In order to get those powers, that might be season two, which could be, might be season two, might yeah. be season two. Which I was kind of surprised they didn't start off with that a little bit. Well, well, it from... Actually, would
2: make more sense, honestly, the way they did the structure of the TV show because they like the TV show is about them going through the necessary channels. Yeah, now the fact that they're kind of enru- you know the superheroes are ingrained in the military now, and they can't go out. It Would be which crazy. It uh... makes sense for them to have to inject themselves. Yeah.
1: So the showrunner Eric Kripke in the AMA again, uh, he actually mentioned that he started the characters. Uh, being powerless because he wanted to see how just regular everyday people could outwit these superheroes. He thought that would be a much more grounded foundation for the first season, uh, and I, I think it actually worked really well because they they did their best to to do these without it having being an epic like fist bro fight, you know? Yeah. Um, for later seasons, though, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure what they're gonna do because you know this is all uncharted territory. I mean, yes, there's a comic source, but like where. Where they're going to head in, and the direction they want to take next, we don't really know. We just know what happened with Homelander and Billy, and that really big twist at the end, which I found really funny personally. Some people weren't the biggest fans of it. I actually liked a lot.
2: I that was so fucked up. Yeah. I was just like, because so many questions ran through my mind. Well,
1: the f- the f- immediately when I thought, when I realized what happened, my first thought was Billy isn't noble, and his quest isn't to get like revenge for his family. His quest is just. just for himself, he's an asshole. Cause his wife is still alive, so everything he's done has been for kinda nothing.
2: Yeah, it's like I said earlier, it's like there's that one kind of defining line that gave him a moral high ground. Yeah. And he like the ending pretty much takes that underneath him and he falls flat on his ass, literally.
1: Absolutely. And look all the people Billy fucked over, all of his friends who he completely abandoned yeah. for this quest for revenge, and you find out that he's doing it for nothing. A part of me thinks that his wife just left him, honestly. Which I think would be great for season
2: two. Yeah, it's, there's so many... Well, I guess let's talk about it. We might as well talk about the... Since we're at this point, talk about the ending and the things that led up to ending. Yeah, we can
1: talk about the ending. Let's also talk about any plot points we missed and then we can wrap up after yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Let's start at the point. So, we get to the final confrontation between Billy the Butcher and Homelander. Yeah. Homelander finds out this terrible, terrible secret. Originally, they tell him that he had... Um, you know, it's clear that he had raped or he had at least had sex Yeah, with... Um,
2: he
1: impregnated
0: his wife. Yeah, he yeah. her. Um, probably
1: rape. And well, we don't, three. She was there for three hours, and they don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird how they left it. The assumption
2: is that it's, the assumption going in is that rape, but like the fact that how the ending turns in, we don't really we have to find out more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because then he was also saying, you know, that she wanted it and she came multiple times. But then again, there was also a scene literally before where Homelander had sex with the uh, Madeline. Madeline. And he it lasted her. like literally thirty seconds. So we can't you can't trust Homelander, and because she's alive, we can't necessarily trust everything that we've seen so far. So it's a great cliffhanger to end on, basically. Yeah, yeah. It is.
0: So, so um, she has the baby, but they tell him that the baby died.
1: Yeah, her and the
2: baby died. Her and, in the and the baby vanilla. died and thing. But then yeah. we
0: find out after Bill the Butcher pulls the um, the bomb and pretty much destroys everything in the house, that he and Homelander survive and the Homelander had actually taken him to the house, yeah, yeah, where Billy the Butcher's wife still is alive. What's her name? Rachel, Rebecca, Rebecca, Becca, Rebecca. Yeah, and she has Homelander's son,
2: who doesn't know that Homelander is his dad until that very moment, which yeah. is kind of like the double. Yes, yeah. and yeah. we
0: also find out too that superheroes can have kids, even though it was stated that they can't.
2: Yeah. yeah, he was the first that as the kind of like the poetic thing about it is like Homelander being this first successful superhero. He's also the first sex one to able to take his genes and pass it on. Yeah. And she was able to have it with
1: no issue, apparently. Yeah. And the kid had laser eyes. Let's not forget that. his Or his eyes were glowing red when he sees Homelander. So it seems like he might have carried on his powers yep. perfectly. Yeah. Which is,
2: like, the kind of... Which is the weird thing. So, like, my... I guess, like, the questions I had is that... If she had, like... Did she... Once she found out she was pregnant, did she want to keep the kid... Did she have choice in keeping it? Did she choose to go into um, you know, like this kind of uh I don't can't think of the word right now. Uh witness protection. Witness protection aspect. Was yeah. she forced to? Did she choose to do it? Yeah. Did she not reach out to to Billy? So like there's all these things now that have like drive me crazy with watching the show. Honestly, it's just gonna
1: be answered in seasons. That's the only thing we can do. we know when season two is coming out? Not officially, but they just they just confirmed that it's definitely happening. Because apparently the show is doing really well, so congrats, Amazon. Yay. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. To all the cast members and writers. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. And of course the creators,
0: uh, yeah. Derek Robertson and, and Garth Dennis, of
2: course. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess yeah. the last thing we can talk about, or at least the one thing that we should definitely talk about, is kind of more about Huey. I feel like we kind of like just raised over him, <sighs> So here... maybe his relationship with Starlight.
1: Yeah, okay, we could do that. I uh, thought it was innocent. It was innocent. You know, yeah. He's an
0: innocent man that's been kind of dragged into this really shitty situation. He's, the he's John... also an innocent person that's kind of
1: yeah. brought it to a,
0: a shitty situation too. Yeah,
1: He's kind of the John Everyman for me. So I, I'm not the biggest Huey fan, but I, I, I admire what he's doing. You know, he's kind, of the... he's kind of
2: like the conduit
1: for us in a way.
2: Because like, the thing I think, I think they did a really good job with portraying Huey is that I could see anyone following the footsteps that he did. Yeah. And there's, like, most of what he's done, I could be like, that makes complete sense. Yeah. This makes Like, I w- can see someone doing this. I can see myself doing this. I can see someone doing this. And seeing his progression to the story, I think there's a, there's a really sweet moment. I'm a sucker for sweet moments and all that stuff. But the one I really liked was that when he was with her... I want to say it's the bowling alley? Or it was, no, it was a restaurant. It was the bar where Billy eventually finds Hugh, uh, Huey and Starlight. Yeah. Or Anna. Or Anne. So um he goes in for a kiss and then the hallucinations of Robin finally disappear yeah which i thought was actually really sweet because in a way he- Huey kind of set out to do what he what his intention his original surface intention was i want to get revenge yeah but like he what he really wanted to do was get over the loss of Robin and in his yeah. mind he equated getting revenge on these superheroes with uh, with you getting over the loss of Robin but that yeah. wasn't how it was going to happen and he sees it with Billy going further and further down the absolutely. line absolutely
1: you can see that theme of like the Count of Monte Cristo where revenge is constantly this big motivating factor for a lot of these characters and you find out it doesn't satisfy shit there's always casualties it, it doesn't change anything anything yeah so that moment when um with Starlight when like
2: he he's with her and the Vision finds his peers it's a, it was really sweet and it kind of upset me the way he approached Starlight throughout the rest of the show when he finds out that she knew about his connection with the boys. Oh, yeah. And how he's like, she's like, "Did were you using me to get to A-Train? And he was just like... Sort of? Yeah, sort of. And sort of being like, well, let me explain everything that's going on. But he kind of just, like, took an easy way
1: out of responding to See, it. I thought that was in character, though. because Because he's, was, he's yeah. so passive. He so doesn't want to create conflict. Yeah. And I feel like, okay, that's kind of exactly what he would say. It's like, yes, but no. You know, that's kind of and because of that they obviously they didn't really have a falling out though i think that by the end of it they did kind of accept who they were doing they whatever. did yeah i think that i i
2: really think that they would have been actually been a a good pairing for each other, but I, I don't think, think it's gonna happen anymore. You don't think? So? I think. It'll I don't happen, think so. It'll I th- happen. I think it'll happen. I mean, it would be nice for it to happen, but the way that the kind of the series ends, like I think the best that they can probably hope for is friendship at this point.
1: Because I, I'll disagree. Because my thing is, is like Excuse at the end, Starlight was like, "I just want to be the superhero," and at the end, uh, Huey was like, "Yeah, like I support that." I, one of the things that I think <clears throat> is really great about the relationship is, regardless of the secrets, yeah, that was fucked up. At the end of the day. Their characters, they complement one another. They do. They, really they well. do exactly what each other needs. And they were there for each other when the world was shitty and things were down. Like, I think that's enough to bud a future relationship, regardless of the weird, rocky. But as, as the
0: comic book fan and, and the reader of the boys, um, I can highly disagree with you. I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah you know so and I, yeah i agree i think yeah. they do compliment each other on that i also want to give much love to Tomer kapon and uh karen fukuhara
1: as frenchie and the female oh yes i wanted um, to talk about uh fukuhara you know, for both and yeah yeah go for it she's awesome she's weird i i'm so confused as to where that's I going are good. they are they romantic the two of them just i them. don't know just them. it's yeah.
2: it's it's kind of beautiful whatever it is i don't know yeah like, because Frenchie has that one girl that is supposed to be his girlfriend. But she is just there to stomp on his nuts, it seems. Yeah, but he but he doesn't <laughs> care about her at all. moment yeah. that he finds this, like, kind of... He finds Kimiko. It's just, like, he's enamored by her. Yeah. And I think he's just able to... The fact he's able to make this connection with her is, like, so fulfilling that, like... It's... I don't know. It's so strange. It's like... But I love it, though. It's one of the most fascinating... It was one of those... So whenever I watch a TV show or, like, some kind of series or movie that has an ensemble piece... Yeah. There's always a character who, in the beginning, I'm like, okay, this is an interesting character, but then they end up kind of becoming these really fascinating and intriguing parts of the story that I wouldn't have seen since the, from the beginning. Yeah, like when the moment I met Frenchie to the moment at the end, of, like the end of that first season, I wouldn't, I did not expect me to be invested in like, yeah, him and Kimiko. yeah. They're so good, and he cares about her.
1: He he's gone back. What like well? At the end, he came. Yeah. He went back. He for had. Her, he but had he had it a couple times. Actually,
0: had a very traumatic experience. You know, uh, similar to her. Oh being yeah. Taken away from his family, being you know severely abused. Well, they don't, really, they don't really
2: mention that in the TV show, do they? No, they do. He talks they about think? it.
0: They do, but he it's so subtle his, and in passing, yeah. He talks yeah. about how his dad used to kidnap him from his mom. Yeah, take him out on these walks and would burn him with cigarettes at the Yeah, end the you're 100% too. correct, yes. And yeah. so he doesn't
1: know where home is, just like her. And so they kind of bond with that, even though they can't really talk to each other.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, so good. It reminds me of that friendship between Ghost Dog, Way and the Samurai, and his French friend, the ice cream truck guy. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Ghost Dog, Way and the Samurai, check it out. Oh, Jim Jarmusch. so good.
1: it's <laughs> Oh, but Maybe yeah, should write a love letter to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. Plenty of ones. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, I want to say final thoughts, but before final thoughts, if you were a member of the seven or a member of the Bullies, who would you be? Just for fun.
0: I'd be Frenchie, just because of his knowledge. <laughs> I can, his that. Status, like oh, I can see Playboy status. I can see Well, he's a
1: playboy, but he's always on the run. Too. But he's a sweet
0: guy too. He is a sweet yeah. guy. Um, yeah. But I, I just love the the knowledge that he has, and that he's able to think on his feet so quickly. Yeah. And stuff like that. And he has good taste in food. And uh, as a fat ass, I can relate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think for, I feel like I'm being such like a like a just like a chemo by saying it, but I feel like I probably relate the most with Huey, I guess. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I kind of was gonna say that too. Either him or like, <laughs> either him or like maybe mother's milk, because mother mother's milk seems to have like at least a kind of moral. He's like the the strongest moral compass in the group.
1: Why? Okay, because he's the moral compass and he cares about families and the whatnot. He
2: does. He actually puts a lot of effort into his relationship and like he sees he sees a pathway beyond the boys, but he knows that he wants to. He wants to go through the boat like he had the plenty of options to avoid being a part of the boys and living his life with his daughter he also has that prison under control yeah yeah so it's like but he chooses the boys because like he wants that he wants to be able to stick it to the heroes he wants that kind of that something different in his life that adventure so to speak and like that chasing that desire ends up like ruining a lot for him but he still has a good heart in the end and he seems like he's a good balance he's a good anchor for the boys not there, so I can definitely see that. But Huey's like, I mean, I would say Huey's more the
0: anchor because Mother's Milk still participates and still gets himself into the shit. Yeah. Where Huey is still trying to keep his humanity, and he's constantly checking Bill, right? Bill yeah. the Butcher the whole time. Yeah. Where like Mother's Milk is like, dude, you just gotta do it. You just gotta do it. I just gotta trust that you'll do this right thing. You know, and sometimes it doesn't happen, and sometimes it does. But he still goes within that. Where like Huey. Like mother's milk would have shot a train immediately, where like Huey started giving him chest compressions.
1: Yeah, so I think I would
0: actually disagree and say that Huey's more the anchor of the group into that morality, and that's why (laughs) like Annie kind of sticks with. That is kind of why he saves the day too.
1: So I kind of I'm kind of with you on that one, dude. Uh, For me, I'd probably be Queen Maeve, because uh, yeah, part of this big thing, constantly doing shit to keep it going, but I'm kind of regretting all these weird decisions and like just going through the motions weird like, decisions like
0: working for the yeah, is yeah. It work brand. <laughs> yeah <laughs> damn is, is it work kidding the seven, seven?
1: <laughs> uh, no it's just you know I, I think she does what she has to to keep the front going because it's been going for so long but like I think she wants to do the right thing but she's so just destroyed on the inside she's the only
2: person that you want to be a part of the seven every other seven person you don't want to connect with the yeah. one's oh, Starlight Starlight's Starlight. amazing Starlight yeah I guess maybe yeah. Black yeah. Noir
1: Black Noir, I, I love Black Noir. He's too
2: mysterious for me, though. My, yeah. I know Starlight is a part of the Seven, but I just don't see her as a part of the Seven. Not well, that, just yeah. because the Seven is such trash. Yeah. And she's just like, she's, she's such a... She's the Tyrion Lannister of Lannisters. Yeah. I feel like she's a better. No, she, she's she's like a much a, better
0: person than Tyrion <laughs> Lannister. <but laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah,
1: She's the one you root for amongst the bad guys. Th- Here's one that we kind of brushed over, because he's not really in the show, but Lamplighter, who I assume is a playoff of Green Lantern. Um... He's an asshole, right? I don't know. Comics. They're all assholes, yeah. Okay, they're all assholes. Did Lampard die, exactly, or did he right actually now? retire? I don't, I don't know, but he, let, he lit uh, Mallory's grandchildren on fire, so I you can know. establish that he's an asshole, but, like, beyond that. how about Mallory? Mallory's a very interesting character. We, yeah. We
2: barely see her, but she's, like, constantly there, like, you know, as a presence.
1: Yeah. She's just there bird watching. I think she's <laughs> much younger
0: in the books. I want to say Bill the Butcher has a sexual relationship with her in the books.
1: I mean, they still could do that now. There's no wrong with ageism. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but,
0: um, they kind of took that role onto Rainer, I think, more so. Or maybe he's being Rainer in the
2: comics. So here's a, not a question. Role. Maybe I missed this during the show. But with... So Mallory and um, Bill's dynamic, Bill did something to fuck up her... Uh, did he not fall through in a mission that ended up ki-
1: uh, resulting in Mallory's family being lost? No, it wasn't Bill's fault. Okay. Bill Bill was this weapon that, well, no, he calls himself a weapon that yeah. Mallory kind of trained to really just sick him on Homelander, and he, he technically does, or tries to, but it doesn't work out obviously in the end because it's fucking Homelander, um, but the one who fucked up was Frenchie, apparently, okay. at least yeah. in the show. Frenchie Mostly, doesn't
0: it. follow orders.
1: Yeah, he missed a cue of some sort, and because of that, Mallory's grandchildren were killed. And because of that.
0: Tension between him and Mother's Milk. Yeah, because Mother's, Mother's Milk. milk is like,
1: follow your orders. He yeah. also cares very much about family, and yeah, he's yeah. like, Frenchie, if you ever do that with my family, I will fuck you up, like literally. And that's why they. This is me punching my two fists, guys. Well, if you can not see audience or hear audience. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So there's that. Uh, final final thoughts on The Boys. Wow, we're wrapping at exactly the hour mark. Perfect. It's a fucked up show, but I love it, and it's great.
0: <laughs> Same. Um, I think it's a great comic book adaptation. If you're a fan of the comics, definitely check out the TV show. It's worth it. They do homage the comics a lot. They do actually have some scene-to-scene. Um, you know, uh, what do they call it? Like, they actually record it, like, sometimes scene per scene. Yeah, one-to-one, one. yeah. One-to-one. One. Shot, that was a word yeah, on shot for shot. Yeah, shot for shot. Yeah, shot for shot. And, you know, the characters are there, the spirit of the whole thing is there. It's definitely a fun ride. If you're not into that type of stuff, definitely don't shake it out. And it's very self headache.
1: So, watching the boys, I went into this thinking it would be, like, Preacher, I guess. Which I, I like, but Preacher is very much... Uh, unique in its own uh, sense because they break structure a lot, which is brilliant. And I think the executive producers of Preacher is also the ones here, which are uh, Seth, Seth Rogen and uh, his writing partner. Who did, uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Evan uh, Goldberg, Seth Rogen yes. has
0: a cameo in it, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, yeah, going into this, I expected something uh, crazy, but it's weird. This, uh, this show does a really good job of uh, the balancing act, of showing, yes, the extremes, but also, like, the human. Uh, I think one of the reasons that it's doing well is because it takes this tired and and used trope of the superhero uh, and plays with its corporatization and also how kind of distant these characters these heroes have become and uh, it's interesting because I think the boys the way I, I envisioned them by the end of this is that they're not necessarily the heroes they're kind of the bad guys but that also makes them good if that makes any sense so by flipping these tried and true tropes the boys has become like this series that's very different in the sense that they want to show what it's like to flip things to, to, to see the degenerate and make it beautiful in a weird way. And they do a great job of doing that. Um, so yeah, I uh, agree with, what the sum and Jad have said, great show. Definitely check it out. Um, Yeah, and uh, that's it. Uh, This has been uh, TV Talk, episode 17. I'm your host, Christian. You can follow me on XN underscore Angelus on Instagram and Twitter. uh, Jad and Basam. I'm Jad. Uh, You can
0: follow me on at Jad Cato and any of the social medias, writer and community
2: organizer. I'm Basam. You can follow me at BKaado, B-K-A-A-D-O, on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome.
1: Thanks, guys, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, and all three of us work at The Workprint, obviously, yeah. so check, check out our, our articles. articles. Yeah, all, Everyone's just grinding out stuff click, left and right. Click, click, yeah, away. Click away, yeah. Leave a comment, show your love, or hate, whatever. We'll take both. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys, and have a good one.